What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. What's up, everybody? Michael Govier, Benjamin Chase. It is the Palazzo Prospects Power Half Hour. That's right. We're going to talk about the Padres and the Oakland Athletics today. Two teams in very different paths in terms of where they're going as major league clubs when it comes to winning baseball games. And, Ben, you've done it again. You have brought aboard an outstanding guest, very knowledgeable, knows a thing or two about many things or two. His name is Mark, and I haven't heard it said out loud. I'm going to say it's Delucci, but is it Delucci or Delucci? Delucci, Delucci. Yeah, it's ah. it's got the it's got that got that that thing going on. Yeah, I didn't make an assumption on that one. So okay, Mark, great to have you here. You work at Baseball Prospectus, among many other places. Uh, what else do people need to know about you when it comes to baseball? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, if if you're a Bay Area sports fan, there's probably a team you like that I write about. I cover the Golden State Warriors, San Francisco 49ers, and San Francisco Giants for a few sites. Do the Giants over at Giants Baseball Insider with Fan Nation, and then like you mentioned, I'm a contributor over at Baseball Prospectus. Uh, and then you know I still freelance around from time to time. Usually pop over at SF Gate is kind of the place you'll probably see me most when there's something going on there. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I, t- I tweet a lot and I write a lot and, you know, sometimes it's worth reading, sometimes it's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hit or miss. Depends what day it is, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, let's not beat around the bush. It's supposed to be a half-hour show. We want to get right into it, Mark. And we did a coin toss before we started the show, Ben, and apparently the Oakley Athletics won the coin toss behind this curtain. Hey. They need to win something this year. I was going to say, so. yeah, we had to get, get, got to give them one win. You're right, base. yeah. Actually, that makes sense. So we're giving it to the Oakland A's. They're going to start off. We're never going to do it how we always do it. We've got the top three. We'll share, and then we'll give us the next big three, and then we'll do the Padres after that. If you're familiar with the format, you know the drill. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Make sure you subscribe and smash that like button. All right, Mark, let's get into it. Top three athletics prospects as you see it. Lay it out for us in any shape you want. Sounds good. I'll, I'll just be uh, short and sweet with it. You know, I think Tyler Soderstrom's at the top for me. I don't think that's any bold pick by any means. And then it's Kyle Muller and then Mason Miller. It's the uh, two very different kind of prospects as pitchers uh, in this system. But but that's the that's my next two um, in this group. And frankly, uh, again, I, I did my rankings preseason, so now we have a little more info. But even then, I was still really tempted to bump Miller all the way up to two, and I just couldn't quite get across that threshold given – um, you know, g- given how high up Mueller is and, you know, again, a, a pretty consistent track record, even if again, we'll probably, we'll get into that at some point. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's my top three for the Oakland A's. Okay. Benjamin, are you going to have any disagreements on these top three for the A's? Well, actually I do. Uh, Soderstrom is, I think 
pretty universally their number one guy for most places and for good reason the guy's just got a stick i mean whether he plays catcher which he's oddly playing a lot more catcher this year i don't know if that's an intentional thing the a's are trying to see if he can handle the position for flexibility down the road but the bats have been there and has always been there and it looks i mean it's it's going to be a major league quality bat now star quality i can't tell you that but he's going to have enough power and enough contact to where he's he's a legit major league bat um the other two i have on there is zach uh, galoff galoff Geloff. i i i couldn't tell you the exact he's got a brother who's also a real good draft prospect right now too and so i should probably learn that name um but he's an infielder in their system and uh daniel susak who was a catcher that they drafted uh just last year and so i kind of went hitting and we'll get into this a little bit more that the a's have a lot of pitching that's close to major league ready and he mentioned miller miller uh miller is a guy who was kind of struggling along in like d2 d3 mm-hmm. baseball lower level baseball and couldn't ever keep on weight he would lose significant amounts of weight during the year and then found out as a like 19 20 year old kid that he was diabetic like type 1 diabetic and since then his man is managing his diabetes has a healthy weight and is popping i mean i think he's averaging like 99 this year he's popped out a few 101s and um there are some people who said that he topped touched 102 this spring and i I just thought well you know (laughs) i might be a little short on him right now the stuff is absolutely amazing let's my big thing with him is that just you'll he's in my next big three we'll get into we'll preview that already but he is he is really 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 impressive as far as his raw stuff and that's yeah, it's he, just he, it's fun to watch he's so volatile right you're just it's it's yeah. in a system and, and uh, again like with the a's that is a system that again weirdly doesn't have i mean it does not have it can just be frank I, I wrote this in my write-up for bp it does not have as much upside as it should given the amount of talent they have traded they've targeted these these like guys with exceptional tools but ultimately as an overall package kind of our lower ceiling guys higher flow low ceiling profiles and so miller for sure is like again part of the reason he bumped for me but also part of the reason why again i think there's going to be deviations when you talk about after soderstrom with the a's is because it is this weird balance of like if you if you want high upside you're going to have to take a lot more volatility and risk than you'd expect from a system that just given the moves they make you'd be like of course they've had all these draft picks and you know uh, you know small market uh picks and you know all these players they've traded for prospects there, there's got to be some like high upside like again like guys like soderstrom and there just yeah. aren't as many as there should be Wow, that's good stuff. You guys know something about this, don't you? I feel we got the right guest on here. Mark's joining us live. I got to say, follow on Twitter. That's what you should always be doing. It's at M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-Y. That's right. Mad Deluki. I like that. Is that how you would say that? Because that's how I'm going to say it. Yeah, no. My initials are mad. It's not, I like to say it's not how I it's not how I am most yeah, of the time. I, I was wondering. I'm like, this guy, this guy's intense. He's so mad exactly. about the Warriors. He yeah, thinks they can actually go. win the title this year. He's out of his mind. 
No, I'm just kidding. They actually could. But it's still a long shot. But we're not here to talk Warriors. We're here to talk prospects, <laughs> Oakland, and the Padres. All right, so we laid out the top three for Oakland here. Now, Mark, give us the goods. Who are the next big three we should be keeping an eye out for in the Bay Area for Oakland? Yeah, so I got uh, Ken Waldachuk here. Again, kind of a, a similar kind of place as, as with Muller I mentioned earlier. Like, again, just, you know, kind of in that low floor or excuse me, higher, higher floor, lower ceiling type profile guy who's had success in the upper minors. Um, you know, if, uh, again, one of the, the classic starters who like has the velo on the fastball, but the traits on the fastball could be the thing that ultimately makes him not get here. And where we look back and say, maybe I'm overranking him a bit is that again, he has that mid nineties fastball, but the traits on it just kind of been hit and miss. Um, number five. And if you're familiar with my prospects work, you know, that there's one kind of prospect I love and that's a guy who can't play defense anywhere, but the dude knows how to hit. And that's Jordan Diaz in this system. I got him at number five. I just, I just love me a guy who can rake and, and he's got to me the best hit tool in the system. Um, and then at number six, a very different uh, type of prospect in Max Muncy, um, very different from the other Max Muncy, um, a, a more kind of twitch athlete um, who again posted, uh, honestly, he hit a lot better in his first minor league season than I expected given kind of his profile coming out. It looked like a guy who, you know, the hit tool is going to take some time coming out of high school, but obviously had the, the tools to make the upside worth it. And in the Cal League last year, he posted, I think, a, a pretty close to an 800 OPS. Um, and again, I think he's it's strikeout. The only reason he's as low as he is is you still got that 30% strikeout rate. It's still issues with the swing and miss. Uh, I'm optimistic, though, because, again, he, he walked a, a good amount, um, decent overall approach. And again, I, I don't think he, he sticks at shortstop long term. I think he's going to end up at third base. Um, but still, uh, again, a, a guy with some I- intriguing upside for sure. Hey, look at that. He's right here in my backyard in Lansing right now, Max Muncy is. He's with the Lansing Lugnuts, the high he's, affiliate. With- I was just going to say, he's going to hit some tanks in, yeah. in Lansing. That's absolutely. It might, yes. it might take till May, but because mm-hmm. for you know Midwest League <laughs> this time of year is just a little chilly, uh, but and the balls don't seem to fly in April in the Midwest League. It's 83 degrees here today, Ben. It's well, hotter than hell right now. And, and I get that. He's at home. <laughs> but I can tell you that here in, in the Dakotas, it was 90 on Tuesday. And then last night, people were like bundled up in multiple blankets at a baseball game because it got down to like 40 and started to sprinkle at the very end. So it was a cold rain on top of the 40. It was a windy <laughs> 40. So that's the upper Midwest yeah. this time of year. That's just exactly what it is. And so that's what the Midwest League's going through. But ah, so yeah, so. whatever you get's coming my way next. So yeah, probably right, get ready, yeah. Max Muncy. It's gonna be cold next week. Get your uh, <laughs> get your mittens on. Uh, a couple of comments here. You guys could jump in the live chat. JJ says I like Miller a lot. Two home runs in three point two says to me that he's still feeling out location. And he also says I love Jordan Diaz. That's a good call. Gnostic Baseball says baseball fans of the Dakotas. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a real thing. They exist. Oh, I got to mention this one, too. Nice shirt, Govier. Yeah, uh, this shirt says everything about America, I think. I don't think there's anything else to say other than that. All right, uh, Ben, so, so do you agree or disagree with Mark's next big three for Oakland? Well, on my next big three, we kind of have, you know, I mentioned that I would have Miller. Um, and we've talked a little bit about Muller and Waldachuk. I really kind of had those guys as two of a similar variety as lefties who are major league ready and both kind of have some similar issues as far as whether or not they'll be successful. Um, but the other guy that I have on here is Lawrence Butler. And 
He's, I will say, if, if you've ever wanted a guy to succeed, this is a guy you want to succeed. Because he won uh, the essentially the AFL's version of the Roberto Clemente Award, but essentially the who is the best person that's here in the Arizona Fall League. He won that award last year. And everyone I you talk to says, yeah, it wasn't even even close because <laughs> he is just that guy. He's, he's just this guy that he goes out of his way to just be a great teammate and may not be an elite. Huh. Uh, oh, lovely. <laughs> may, yeah, may, may not be Arizona. an elite, may not be an elite ceiling guy. And frankly, his floor may not be that high. There's still some floor issues there, but I mean, he's got a, a work ethic and B an attitude that you just is going to allow him to have more success than more than likely his base profile would. Yeah. Yeah. I I like Butler too. Again, it's one of those things where it's like my, my, my sort of, as I was going through this, a system, um, going through like a top 20 prospects. It was like, there's a lot of guys in the system. I really like, it's just underwhelming because of my expectations for what I thought the A system would be given all the things going in. And it's like, Butler's a guy. Yeah. I, I think I had him at like number nine in my rankings. He was definitely a top 10 guy. And it's like, again, he's got big time power. He's an above average athlete. He has a good arm and right field. Um, and, and again, it's just, the question is, will he be able to make enough contact um, to, to tap into that power consistently? Um, and again, that's not a, it's not a bad profile to bet on. They've bet on it with you know a decent amount, particularly from um, the prep ranks. But you know, like Denzel Clark is, is another guy who I think has a similar kind of profile um, to, to Butler in this system as well. Uh, look at this. I hadn't heard this name in a long time. Anthony says, "I thought that was Lasting's Millage. Remember oh, Lasting's geez. Millage? Oh my! Mets top prospect in what, yeah. like 05, 06, I think. I think so he only failed out of like six places, but you know, that's <laughs> he was given. He, yeah, you're right. He, he was given a lot of shots, but uh, guys, did Joey Estes for Oakland? Anybody want to chime in? Anything to like there, or is this someone oh. who's off the radar? Estes is a guy I got to cover quite a bit as a Brave before he got traded, and." What you see different this last year is with the Braves, that fastball, it's not an elite fastball. It's a, you know, it can touch mid-90s, but it with the Braves, spin rates, shape of the fastball were tremendous. And for some reason, those backed off a lot last year comparatively. And don't know why, don't know what's could be involved there, but that was one thing. And he... He is a guy who that big breakout season he had two years ago was heavily fastball. He located and used his fastball a ton. And granted, you got to have something else to lean on when you get to the upper levels. But to have the fastball take a big step back, well, that really put a, a dent into his arsenal. There's been, I feel like, a weird, again, as guys have sort of started focusing on, like, optimizing their fastballs earlier in their career, there's been some interesting cases of kind of some of these pop-up guys who, you know, since I don't think we have a good bearing of, like, why a guy loses the ability to, like, get that kind of spin and, like, you know, ideal, like, inverted vertical, like, at the top of the zone. Like, Giants, a prospect, kind of Ryan Murphy, who popped up a couple years ago, 
And then last year he dealt with some back issues and stuff, but I saw him play. The velo was still there on the fastball, but the other characteristics weren't in the fastball was getting squared up all of a sudden this year. It seemed to be a bit back, but like, yeah, it, it, I think that was kind of a thing where it's again, because you've seen it once. It's like, Hey, if that comes back, this guy can be a guy again, mm-hmm. but it's, it's again, I you know need to see it again because I don't think we have a good understanding of, of why you would lose it. Yeah. If we don't think it's a you know sticky substance thing, which I, I didn't have, which again, it could be, it could not be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, sure could be. You never know. That stuff is out there. Spider tack is everywhere. Garrett Cole looks like he's using spider tack again this year. I can't prove that, but the numbers kind of say otherwise. Look at this. JJ says Lawrence Butler looks like he has first base in his future for position. I feel like he stands too upright. Watch some of his BPs, and I feel he's got a lot of off-balance finishes. Yeah, I mean, again, that's why you have that, like, north of 30% strikeout rate, right? Like, that's, again, the the, the kind of questions there. Um, again, I still think he sticks in at least left field. I don't think he ends up, or he might end up kind of being in that, like, again, as you can tell, I'm going to mention Giants a lot that I know that, like, you know, in that, like, Lamont Wade place of, like, can play first base or left field and kind of bounces around. Like, that could be the the kind of um, Matt Beatty type, you know, like, profile there. So, you know, like, again, he is on the bigger side. That said, I, I still think he's... he. he he moves good for his size again, whether his size ultimately is kind of too impeding to, to be viable in right field um, that, that I could see that happening. But again, he has the arm and, and again, like I, I think he has the, the baseline skills that, that I think he'd be able to, you know, we're not looking at a, a Pat Burrell situation out there. If you throw him in left. Oh, Pat Burrell. Wow. Ethan Salas. How good is he? Asked Jeff Whiteley, number one, Joshua Lowe fan in America. That's that's a good transition into so. uh, the Padres system because hey! that's he's one of the elite guys in in all of or elite rumor guys as far as yeah. everyone that's seen him just can't stop talking about him but he's you know let's see him get some yeah actual because so season time. I'm gonna spoil this one uh, on my end here before the Padres. Salas, I'm not is not in my top three or next three, and that's because I just have a rule: is that if we haven't seen a dude play and he's 16 years old, I just don't rank them unless mm. I have, and I just didn't have uh, at that point because again I was doing these in like December, January, hadn't quite gotten to kind of the, the swell of this. So again, it's like I could totally see Salas as number one in this system by the end of the year, um, and again, all the things you're hearing sound like the things that get said about a guy who is a 18 year old top 40 30 prospect in baseball that's pretty much it like that's the trajectory here for sure um that that's that's kind of where we're at yeah but yeah. being a braves fan i have kevin Maiton worry all the time when i start mm-hmm. to hear a guy who has never played a professional game and gets pumped up that big mm-hmm. and it you know and I had the same worry with, you know, when you started hearing it with Jason Dominguez and not that he's, he's actually a solid prospect, but the hype got built up so much. I think he's underrated now because there was too much reaction. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't disagree. And I think when we talked Yankees, that was one discussion we had, but I mean, that's just the issue is these guys get so built up that it's hard to live up to that. So yeah, absolutely. um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's not in my top three. Yet. I'll tell, I'll tell you that, you know. Yeah. But I did have him on just because I thought we needed to talk about him. So mm-hmm. I actually took off a guy and put Salas on there from the list that I had made when we started all this because I just thought, you know, we've got to talk about him if we're talking about that system. So yeah, wow. And Those the other are, thing, yeah. too, 
I was going to say, and the other thing too that, again, it's, you know, ultimately, particularly with prospects, but especially with international prospects who we haven't seen in official games yet, it's, you know, information can only be coming from a couple sources, right? Meaning it's, it's being, meaning it's being leaked to reporters like us or, you know, or other folks. And, you know, again, information gets leaked for reasons. Sometimes it's, you know, relationships and, you know, people are just sharing it because they, they don't care about keeping the stuff private. But we're also talking about a Padre system that is thin and a Padre system that loves to trade for elite talent and stars. And we have a guy with the angels who might be on the trade block at some point in the, fa- in the fairly near future. All I'm saying is, is that the Padres have an interest in getting a guy like Salas because the Padres don't have a lot of depth. They've traded a lot in the system. They have a vested interest in also making, sh- you know, if a guy like Salas starts being considered a consensus top 30 prospect before he's played an official game at the complex or before he's played a game of full season ball, that gives them a trade piece that again, if, like, may, like, they might be able to get into the Otani sweepstakes with a Salas and Merrill. Right now, I don't know if they could even, you know. Um, and so, like, again, that's not to say – again, I, I'm saying this from the perspective of I don't have the information. I, I don't have the experience with this guy to give a, a, an eval. What I can say is I know the trends of how this goes. And so a guy like this m- – vast majority of the time is going to be a really, really, really good player, a really, really, really good prospect immediately. That said, we, you know, we aren't living in like this objective vacuum where the information is coming from the same place, the same time for no reason. It's coming there because there's, you know, again, teams like to use narrative, like to use the media to try to build narratives around prospects. Um, you know, again, because it, it benefits them when they can package these guys and, and improve their value. Yeah, look at his page. This is it. There you go, folks. It's 16-year-old yep. kid, all right? So <laughs> easy does it here. Not a lot going on yet. A lot of excitement, but slow your roll. Everybody slow your roll on Ethan Salas. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad. Or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So let's uh, get into the top three then for the Padres here. The top three prospects as it stands on this date, Friday, April 14th. Mark, what do you got? 
Um, I got number one, Jackson Merrill. Uh, number two, uh, a man who I was shocked still had rookie eligibility, Luis Camposano. Um, and uh, and at number three, um, I got Samuel Zavala. Disagreements, Ben. Uh, he's got we got two of the three same. I'm I am a big fan of Dylan Lesko, and even though he's still coming back from injury, um, I I always get a little worried when a guy's a a high end high school pitching prospect and a big reason why is because of an elite fastball but if you give me a high school guy whose best pitch is a changeup, you got my attention and and that's lesko lesko has you know easily the best changeup in that class and there were good arguments over whether he had the best changeup college or high school in last year's draft and it's just he does and it's not like he doesn't have an excellent fastball too. He's, you know, it's a mid nineties fastball that can touch upper nineties. And so healthy, he could be an easy top guy. Yeah. He's just not healthy. And I can understand why he may not be there for someone because once again, he's not played a pro game, just like Sal, you know, Salas is still not come on the field. Let's go. They just had a thing out uh, yesterday that, they're kind of hoping that he might be able, he just had a, a throw session and was hitting some nineties and they were excited about that. Well, he's recovering from surgery, still likely not going to play until like June, July. People overestimate the, Oh my gosh, he's throwing 90 already. So get ready. He'll be back later this month. No, 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 no. <laughs> you've got, you've got a long road, hopefully, before you know the Padres if they develop him all the way let's just put it that way if they develop him all the way to the majors this is a long road ahead you know they're you know he's not going to be in the majors at 18 19 that's just not happening so you know for one he's already 19 um so let's slow that roll and realize that you know you probably got at least two full seasons of minor league ball that he's gonna need just because you got to get all that stuff together. The, the, I, the reason I loved writing about these two systems for BP and getting sort of get more in depth with them, and the reason I like that they're paired uh, again today to talk about them, is because these teams, what they've done at the big league level have been opposites. The Padres have traded every prospect it seems like they've ever had in the past few years and gotten better. The A's have traded everyone it seems like they could and gotten worse. And I still think I'd take the Padres' top four prospects over the A's' top four prospects right now. Let's go was my four, and it went back and forth. Again, you notice again the, you notice the trades the Padres have made when you get to like seven, eight, ten, fifteen, twenty. But finding a twentieth prospect on this list was hard. But like at the top of the system, and again, I think it's part of again. I was talking about the A's have targeted kind of again guys who you don't necessarily have to meet the upside profile at least that i look for and the padres have they always have you know and, and that goes back to preller's always approach was give me big tools we'll figure the rest out and um they got no i, I got no disagreements again let's go i could i can see reason for him to frankly rank anywhere in the top kind of five to ten in the system because because of what you get into um yeah again you mentioned the fastball and changeup he also had a 12-6 curveball that had like 3,000 rpms i mean it's like there are like there is three plus pitches potentially in lesko's arsenal like there is you know again obviously 
again, there's ace upside. That upside is obviously very unlikely to get to because that's just the nature of the beast with prospects, the nature of being a high school guy who's coming off Tommy John and all these things. But like Lesko was a like in the modern age and, you know, we're in a post money ball era. Grant, we're in a post post money ball era at this point. But like, he is a rare high school pitcher who, if he doesn't get hurt, could have gone number one overall in the draft. And I don't yeah. think too many people would have blinked, blinked an eye, which yep. tells you something about how impressive the metrics were and how scouting and analytics community were kind of all on the same page. Like, yeah, this guy is 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 one of the better high school pitching prospects we've seen in a while. And then obviously he gets Tommy John, the, and the Padres take advantage. He falls in the draft, and so so they say we're going to capitalize and, and land him later for sure. Woo! Hot, hot heat. Let's go. One ring to rule them all. Look at this, folks. We've got three more to go. Let's get into the big three, the next big three for the Padres here. Mark, time to hear the truth. Spit some game. So yeah, I got I got Let's Go here at four. At number five, I got an, another high octane, high volatility pitcher in Victor Lizaraga. And then at number six, I got um, a similar to Camposano, been around a while. Uh, again, I. I I think his hit tool will be enough, although I get why other people would say he's a non-prospect, but I like Igai. Is that Igai Rosario? Igwe Rosario? Um, infielder probably gets pushed to second base, kind of um, honestly kind of like a, a right-handed uh, Willie Calhoun kind of profile. <laughs> um, uh, probably not quite to Calhoun's hit tool, um, but nonetheless, he, he's who I got at six. Ben, disagreements? Well, I mean, this is kind of where that depth of the system starts to hit you. Yeah. And uh, I guess just because I, I kind of took this as who are some names that folks may need to know because if they pop this year, they're likely going to be names that get moved around at the trade deadline. And that's mm-hmm. where I went with, you know, I mentioned I had Sal, uh, Ethan Salas on here and I have uh, Robbie Snelling also, another mm-hmm. prep arm that they took. And he's he's actually shown out well in his first uh, his first start, he had a really nice first appearance. Um, and the other one I put on there was Adam Mazur. And mm-hmm. mainly because, you know, being a Dakota's guy, I had to pump a guy who came from South Dakota State, um, but then went to Iowa, the University of Iowa and got drafted from there. But he is incredibly impressive compared to, I, I had a chance to see him when he was at SDSU. He was not this pitcher at SDSU at all the raw stuff was there but he's refined it so much in just one year at a big 10 school that it's it's really impressive to see what he's done and one of those guys where you might not say that he has a true plus pitch singularly but he doesn't have anything that's below average and he has for sure four pitches and you can argue a fifth depending on how you want to classify his fastballs um because he knows how to spin a sinker, but doesn't use it all that much. So, and he's knows how to control. I mean, he's he's a not a control artist by any means, but he's really sharpened that up significantly. Uh, so, I mean, this is these are all. That's the type of guy that I could see him coming out, pitching really well to open the year, and then come July he's he's traded because he's shown out really well for and bump, been bumped aggressively to double A and shown out well in double A too or something like that. And then, oh, now he's traded. He's on, you know, another system. 
Yeah. I also, I mean, the Padres aren't a system that's done this, but he's also a guy I could see if it came to it, if he like is starting really well, gets to double A, that he ends up fast tracking in their bullpen by August, September, if they had a need in, in, the, in the place there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I didn't have Snelling or Missouri in my like top six, but I had Snelling at seven and Missouri at 10. Like they're, they're both um, really good prospects. I like Snelling a lot coming out of the draft, you know, has the athleticism of being a former two sport guy. Again, I just love the Padres approach to the draft is like, we're going to take upside. We're going to take risk with high school players constantly. Um, and it's paid off for him really well. The question with Snelling is, can he add a little bit of more juice to that fastball? And if he can get it, he has a really good curveball, and he has the, yes, again, he's been around the play. I wouldn't say he's, he's, he's not like a command type, uh, prep prospect by any means, but he, he you know, he's, he's been around the play. And the Missouri is someone who like, yeah, like, like Ben mentioned, if you are, if, if prospect development was linear and you took what he <laughs> did in one year at, was it Iowa? Right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yep. One year at Iowa and you just copy paste that development again. He's a, a, he's a top 75 prospect in baseball, right? Like, like, like the, the leaps, like that's a bet on. It's like, we like this guy's makeup. We see how quickly he took to coaching and development when he got into this environment. We think we're going to take him and he's going to take another step forward because um, because we're, you know, clearly this guy knows how to take advantage of more resources and knows how to take capitalize on good coaching. And we think there's even more we can get out of him. That said, the reason I'm a bit lower on him is he took a big step forward. I still don't like, I still think what he showed was fourth, fifth round prospect for me. And there's that bet on the makeup and stuff that makes him a second round pick, but I still want to see a little bit more before I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm in that same place um, with, with some of the other guys in the system. But again, again, like when you, you know, whenever you look at a list, there's always a couple guys that you're like, I could look back at this and be very wrong in terms of this guy's too low. And like, he's absolutely the kind of guy when I have someone like Rosario who does not have big upside at six, where it's like, I could be looking back at the end of the year and, and, you know, Rosario's kind of looking like a quad a player and, you know, Missouri's their best pitching prospect or second best pitching prospect. Ooh, Ben, this one's for you. JJ wants to know, would you say that Preller drafts like Alex Anthopoulos does in Atlanta? I I wouldn't. I, Preller is, he's a guy, and, and, and I think Mark mentioned this, he's a guy who goes hard after, give me big tools, and we'll figure the rest out. You know, Snelling even, you know, big time, you know, curveball. That's, you know, probably you, you could argue it was, the best of the high school yeah. class last year, you know, let's go huge change up. You know, these, those are draft picks that they've recently had, you know, let's get these big tool guys. And if I, they I, pop, up, I don't think he's, I don't think the Padres have taken like a college player in the first round for like seven years now. And that's, it's, yeah. it's up there. Um, and, wow. and again, think about, you know, in previous classes, right. Think about all the guys who the Padres get and no one expected them to fall that far, right? CJ Abrams was this way, right? Lesko only got to them because of the TJ. Like they've all Snelling was a guy who most folks thought would go in the 20 to 30 range and then they sneak him with the overslot down to them. Um, and I think the comp round or, or whatever it was. So like, uh, again, his approach is always like, he, he kind of low key plays it by by um board. Like he, he doesn't necessarily deviate too much from like consensus rankings. I mean, again, like, Sometimes there's a guy like Jackson Merrill, right, who was a pop-up, who they were all in on, and that has so far paid dividends. Um, but no, it, it's like 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 you said, it's it's all big tools, and again, I I really like the approach that they've taken. And and I mean the difference there, Anthopolis tends to go good tools, 
but he goes for high wanted, quote unquote, mm. ability. And I mean, a guy like Michael Harris coming out of high school, yeah, there were some tools as a pitcher, there were some tools as an outfielder, but everyone said, if, you know, other teams that didn't draft Michael Harris said, best interview we had, you know, was Michael Harris. That kid, no matter which side of the ball he goes, he's going to push himself. Von Grissom was the same way. He'd spent years being Riley Green's, you know, next up. You know, all the scouts are coming to see Riley Green. And, oh, by the way, we have this other guy on our team. Um, and so he had just this push that I want to be so much better. And and when we talked with Justin Henry Malloy last year, Michael, you know that that's the quality of person that he is. You know, and that's, that's just something they really target is these guys that have this kind of real hard push to be better, which ah, there's, there are things within that system that are well done. As far as finding that within a person, you have to really trust and know your scouts well. And that's why you see the Braves kind of that third round through 13th round. They tend to have a few guys pop out of there every year, which is why this it's not because they're drafting huge talent in that round they're drafting guys who just they get the absolute most out of their talent so wow that's well said ben that's very good uh anthony i'm sorry anthony has to know does anyone know if aaron and they're not brothers okay no uh aaron was born in northwest either oregon or washington or something but he went to school at the university of oregon but he was a United States born and Samuel's uh, from Venezuela. Venezuela. There we go. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, I know he was an international signee, but so it would be very odd that they would be brothers, but you know, so. Also, I do want to say we kind of shortchanged Zavala a bit because oh, him, yeah. and Merrill, him and Merrill were, were our consensus two, two guys in the top three. Again, Zavala uh, is again, a younger unproven guy, but, God, I love that hip tool. Again, just uh, it's like when when you have a guy who can, it's again like if he matures and gets power, there's a potential star. But like that dude can hit, and again, I I, I can if if I can, if it's like if I'm picking a hitter, right? If you can pick one thing, it's like you're gonna take the hit tool every time in terms to build a prospect around, right? Um, pitcher, it's gonna be velocity because that just gives you such a baseline to build off of. Like those are the building block tools. Where if a player has that. If nothing else is there, that player is still going to get pro opportunities because that's that good, and and that's um, and that's where Zavala's at for sure. Well, the and, way they're set a, up. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Ben. I say, and that's exactly what has always kind of been Merrill's calling mm-hmm. card too is his hit tool, and he's he just seems to get everything else better every year. It's just mm-hmm. the you know you're ta- you, you were talking earlier about prospect development not being linear if you tried to take merrill's jump yeah. over the last year he would be the no doubt no you know blankety blank number yeah. one overall prospect in the land yeah i'm actually yeah i'm job. the low i'm the low man at bp on merrill i think we had him at 11 on our preseason top mm-hmm. 100 i had him like more in the 40 to 50 range because i still have a little bit uh, of kind of i still see like a dd gregorius type kind of high-end outcome for him where, where they're i think dreaming a bit they, they dream a bit more on the approach and stuff but um but no yeah absolutely like again this was a dude who no one had heard of October the year before he is drafted and then now it's like this guy's consensus top 100 um I mean and probably consensus top 50 top 40 very soon 
Ooh, well, the way the Padres are designed right now and set up to try to win now, it seems like Zavala's a guy who could get traded. If someone's in love with him, he could be a package deal to add another arm, another hitter at the deadline, all kinds Again, of stuff. I, I think everyone on this list is because I think Preller's going to try to do with Otani what he did with Soto. I just think his, I think he's going to – that's what I think is going to be interesting to see if the Angels fall out of contention this year, which, again, you know. Sorry, guys, I'm betting against you. Um, oh. But, like, um, like, because I, I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing, right, is, like, obviously it's only a rental, but, you know, there's going to be an element of, like, but if we get him in the building, we're getting that exclusive negotiating window. window and, if I, like, I have no reason to doubt that A.J. Preller isn't – I mean, they offered Aaron Judge $400 million last, last offseason. Like, the, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't try to do that. And – it's again. It's going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out because if you're the Padres, you don't have a lot left in the barrel when it comes to prospects, and there's some guys here who could be potential future stars. At the same time, it's like there's you know the Padres have shown. I don't disagree with them. Build your team around stars, and there's no, you know, Shohei Tani's the best player in baseball, and and so it's it's yes. going to be really interesting. Like I mentioned, like again, if you're doing the like advanced numbers thing, there's no way in in any world where you should trade, you know, Merrill and Lesko and like Snelling for a couple months of Otani. But if that means you can sign Otani to a 10 year deal, or if you're San Diego, that means you get a world series is like, yeah, you do, you know? And, and, and that's where it's going to be interesting to see. Is there a point where Preller says, I won't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to stay out of this one because I do, I believe in Jackson Merrill. I believe in some of these guys to be impact players who extend our window even further. But, you know, I, I could really see that coming hardcore if they can't get Juan Soto to an extension. Mm -hmm. If they feel mm -hmm. like that's not a possibility, that's they still true, have, right. They yeah. have one more year of arbitration with him. Yeah. But if that, he, he says, after 2024, I am absolutely hitting the market. And, I, you know, I love it around here, guys. But no matter what, I am hitting the market. They could say, okay, well, then we're going to pivot and we're going to spend that $500 million somewhere yeah. else or 400 whatever they were willing to offer to Soto. They're going to absolutely spin and pivot that money yeah. immediately to Otani. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And... Uh, again, there's still again when we talk about again, not that they need the money and other things, but I still don't think I, I I've been saying all off season is that the call that Preller needed to make was to call the Angels and offer Tatis for Otani straight up heading into the year because I don't think the Angels could say no and I think the Padres would 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 be interested in it. But like uh, like there's just the thing is like Tatis, despite his contract, someone would take it at some point even if they couldn't get a lot back depending on how this year goes. Someone will take it. You know he's been too good. He's still too young, and Ooh. so it's like you know in terms of again. Not that I care about ownerships and money, but it, even in your having that equation of like, well, but they spent all this money on these other things. I think though, Tatis is kind of that kind of chip that they could potentially also just, you know, kind of do a Marlins move and unload before the big salaries kick in in that contract too. Unload. All right. Well, we're going to unload this show and turn it offline. It's been a lot of fun. We talked about the Padres and the athletics, the current top three, the next big three. We gave you a lot of insight, Ben. You're the master as always. Thank you for bringing Mark in here. Mark, Mark, this has been a real pleasure, man. You know your stuff. You're entertaining. You're informative. You do not bore me at all. Those are all positive. So I want to thank you for joining us here on the Palazzo Prospects Power Half Hour. Uh, any farewell comments about yourself? 
no, just th thank you all for uh, taking taking the time to chat with me, Ben. Thank you for giving me a shot at Call to the Pen all those years back. Yeah, that was like yeah. my first writing gig and got me into this whole mess. So, oh, you know, that's, that was so nice, nice full say, circle that's, moment. That's how I knew Mark because I, I used to edit his stuff. Yeah, so you know, know way my, way the back in the day. You know, when my copy was even worse, Ben was the one who cleaned it up. <laughs> so, nice. You know, that's great, cool. Great appreciation. Always glad to, to repay the favor. But yeah, no, great time as always. Uh, happy to come back whenever y'all whenever y'all need. Oh, well, that's great. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Mad Deluki. That's M-A-D-D-L-U-C-C-H-I. You can see it on the screen, but if you're hearing this in podcast form after the fact, I'm telling it to you. Of course, follow Benjamin Chase at Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier. The show is at Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. You talk. Two Z's. Give me two. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. For Mark, Ben, myself, everybody in the live chat, you guys crushed it. Catch you guys next time. Power Prospects. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.